Frank Palumbo here, Podcast Combat Sports. It is Sunday night, October 23rd. I'm about to call Albert Tully. Talk to him about his upcoming pro debut November 5th in Extreme Combat in Rutland, Vermont against Eddie Hawes. So I'm about to dial him here. Hello, is Albert there? How's it going? Good. So how's, how's things going, man? How's training going? Going good. Working a lot. Working out a lot. So you got your fight in two weeks, correct? Yep, November fifth in in Rutland. Yeah, so so I just looked up your your record before before I called you, and I I didn't realize you had fought Eddie before. Yeah, yep, I fought him. I fought Eddie probably two years ago or three years ago, maybe in Albany under Cage Wars. Yeah, I I, I saw the poster. Uh, it looks exact. It looks a lot like the. Uh, the Extreme Combat poster, like he's using the same picture. Yep. When you decided to go pro, how did this match come up? How did how did you get matched up with Eddie again? Um, actually, Eddie got a hold of me and said that he was going pro, wanted to look for a venue, wondered if I was if I had thought about going pro, and which I had. And I said, screw it. I mean, I've got got enough fights to where I'm. I I don't know as if I'll ever. You know, I'll be the greatest or anything like that, but it was something I always wanted to do. So I said, yeah, I'd take the pro fight with him and run with it. Yeah, so how many fights have you had? Um, strictly MMA, probably 30, 30-ish, 30-some. Uh, some of them aren't on topology, and I know some of them aren't listed. Like I I fought Brett Rousel for Spirit FC, and that was never listed. I beat him with a uh, Kimura. Like it's it's posted on Tapology, but it's it's not. There's no um, win or loss on it. It was never confirmed. Yeah, I have I have the Tapology page open. You know, I I like Tapology. It's just it's just like a nice simple format. But uh, it, it's so so on Tapology, it has I think 24 fights. Well, no 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 record for that one, or no no result for that one. So 25 fights on Tapology. Yeah, and of course, and the... I, I fought Montoya Swilling a couple times, and I think it's only listed once. And then I fought Jason LePage a couple times, and I believe that's only listed once. So, how'd you do with LePage? Uh, LePage is good on the ground. He's definitely good at jiu jitsu. Lost to a arm and neck choke the first time I fought him when I first started fighting, and uh, I lost to him two years ago, three years ago, in uh, Messina uh, triangle choke. No rubber match coming up with him? Uh, no, I mean, I, I get along really good with Jason. I mean, he's an awesome guy out, outside of the ring and everything, and I get along with him. But uh, I don't know if, if he ever wanted, wanted to go pro. I mean, it's not a fight that I would walk away from. I'd, I know he's good on the ground, but I'm not a guy that's looking for a perfect record. I just like I like to compete. And Yeah, so the, the other thing I was looking up was mixedmartialarts.com and and that's only got that's only got about nine of your fights on there yeah yeah I see you fought Jody Ashline uh, a while back I believe he was my second fight or second or third fight and uh, I well I was never a wrestler I I never wrestled in high school or anything like that and uh, he was a pretty decent wrestler and I we ended up on the ground and I actually ended up in a pretty good position with him and I tried to take his back, and when I took his back, he uh, reversed it and ended up catching me. Yeah, I think I remember that fight because uh, I was I was there 
for, for for that, you know, I think that was the first one that they had in Plattsburgh, and we had like ten guys from Plattsburgh fighting on that card. Yeah, yeah, the crate. Yeah, it's it looks like it's, it should be Crete, but it's for some reason they say crate, so I say crate. But uh, yeah, yeah, he was he was very good in in high school. I actually um, tried to recruit him to go to Brockport. <laughs> yep. So. So yeah, uh, I remember being sent to uh, to talk to him and everything. One of Governor State Champs goes there right now. Uh, Dylan Dylan Stoll. Oh yeah, I know the name. Yeah, he yeah. was. I graduated high school from Governor, and he wrestled out of there. If uh, if you didn't wrestle in high school, uh, now I had heard actually. I think the first time that I really watched a fight was just a couple of weeks ago when you fought Randy. And um, I had heard that like you had a like a big boxing background. Uh, is is boxing your primary background? Yeah. And how long you been boxing for? Um, three years, four years. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of took a fight off a whim for XTP. My first fight, just kind of wanted to try it and never trained. I was always in decent shape. I mean, I worked construction and wasn't out of shape by any means and. I took a fight in Whitehall, New York, and went down and uh, knocked kid out in a minute and a half or two minutes or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I like it. Yeah. My ne- my next fight, I ended up getting my face smashed open by Devin Hildenbrandt. And uh, I was like, yeah, well, I guess that comes with it. Yeah, can't can't win them all. Then I see you, you had the fight with Jody. I mean, he's just, he's he's probably stronger than he looks. And he was, he's a very good wrestler. I didn't understand the weight thing, never wrestled. So, like, my first five or six fights, I think I fought at 185, and because I naturally walked around at the time at, like, probably 188, 185, somewhere in there. So I just, like, showed up, weighed in, fought, and then I got to where I just figured out, I was like, I'm not 185-pounder. I'm a small 170-pounder, and I walk now after training and everything and, and work and I walk around 174 pounds, so it's not really a big deal. To, it makes 55, but it, I don't. I guess I've never got beat up enough to ever want to cut down to 55. Yeah, I well, I wouldn't say that you're a small welterweight. I'd say you're a pretty pretty good sized welterweight. I mean, you're, you're you're pretty tall. Yeah. Now, according to Tapology, and, and I want to check with you. I think since like March. Of 2015, you've only lost one bout, according to Tapology. So I was going to ask you, like, uh, well, first of all, is this fairly accurate? Uh, like, say, about the last two years, you've only lost one fight? Yes, and it was a rematch to um, Travis Simpson. We did uh, five three-minute rounds, and he uh, he was a better wrestler than me, and he just grounded out and made it a gritty fight on the ground, and, and I lost the decision to him. I had fought mm-hmm. him, I don't know, six, eight months before in, in uh, Plattsburgh, I believe. Yeah, Plattsburgh. And mm-hmm. uh, I beat him third round, rear naked choke. I kind of blemished his perfect record, and he wanted the rematch, and I agreed to it. And uh, it, was, it was a good fight. Yeah, so that one was for cage combat. Was that the welterweight uh, championship? Yep. Yeah, I was looking at, I was looking at going to, to that. Uh, event, I, I couldn't make it. You know, my work schedule. I don't get to go to all the fights that that I'd like to. But um, 
yeah, I had wanted to go to that one and and watch you. And uh, then, you know, because I, I, I wasn't very familiar with Travis at the time. So when I saw that, that he had won that match, and I started like, oh, okay, uh, you know, this kid's got to be pretty good. And, uh, you know, I know that he's going to be in that, that tournament, I think, the week after your fight. I think it's November 12th. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for, for Extreme Combat, which I, I think is a freaking awesome idea. I'm, I'm like, super excited about this tournament. Yeah, but, I guess I didn't really look into it enough to see, is it, can you fight? Multiple times in a night is that how it's gonna? Yeah, that's gonna that's set up as a one night tournament. That's what I thought. That's I don't know. I've I've been interested in doing something like that. I mean, obviously, I can't you know go throw and then bounce back and forth, but yeah, that's a pretty neat idea. Well, I think in Vermont they can do it. So I mean, even in, even in as a, as a professional, you may be able to do it if you know you can get the bodies together. Yeah. Uh, I just I just saw on Facebook this morning that Randy Lamb is ill, and yeah, uh, I see that I saw yeah. that today. Yeah, I mean, who who knows if he's going to be able to make it? I I would hope so. I mean, Randy's Randy's hell of hell of a guy. He's strong. I when I fought him a couple weeks ago in Akwesasne, there he uh, it's been a long time since I tasted my own blood. <laughs> he <laughs> he landed one shot against Cage, and I tasted it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's he's got very good ground to pound. I knew I didn't want to be on the ground with him, so I was kind of trying to use my reach. And once he smothered that, I just kind of held on. And Randy's a good stand-up guy. I mean, up front, I talked to him prior to the fight, and I said, "Hey, I know you're working. I'm working." I said, "I walk around 170 some pounds." I said, I, "I don't know what he walks around. I think he's only 85 or somewhere around there." I said. We're going to fight regardless. I said, you want to just skip the weigh-ins and we'll make this happen, weigh in the day of, <laughs> make it happen. And he agreed to that? Yep, he was good with it. He's, I, I always like Randy. Saw him fight in, uh, under Spirit there quite a few times up in Messina and uh, always got along with him. Yeah, yeah, he's very good. Is he as strong as, as he looks? Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, is he is he as strong in the, in the second round as he is in the first? Uh, I don't know. What happened? I don't know if he if he was gassed or 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 what the deal was, but I think in the second round, I think we were both kind of we were both kind of feeling winded a little bit. It's one of those things that could just be the day, you know. Yeah. Well, also, you know, you end up getting him in, I believe, an armbar, and and that looked like you know quite the little scramble there. Yeah. Yeah, I was fighting as hard as I could to stay on top, and I didn't want to be on my back in front of him because I know. I've seen him in the ground in town, and it wasn't really something I wanted to deal with. And I know I know his wrestling's far beyond what mine is, so I didn't really want to deal with that on the ground that much. So I was pretty much grabbing onto something, holding on. Now, it, that particular sequence is that something that you improvised or, or a series that you've worked on? To be honest with you, I've never trained Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at all, and I've never wrestled. It's just my Jiu-Jitsu or my submissions, I shouldn't even say jujitsu, but was just kind of self-stop and trial and error. Yeah, but to to say you've never trained it, uh, you know, in, in order to get an arm bar and, and to get it right, man, you got to know what you're doing. And I mean, it, to, to me, it looked like you just kind of improvised on the position. And I, I, if I remember correctly, you kind of you kind of stepped over his head and and turned it into an arm bar. And I was like, whoa! Like I didn't see that coming. So obviously, I think you saw something that you know I didn't see. 
but uh, you know, definitely looked like a you know, you know, you had some forethought there. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't ever actually trained with an instructor. I mean, I kind of you know, I I'm smart enough to see how to manipulate joints and stuff like that and understand that. And I mean, I've sparred uh, like Levi Love and Ryan Fuller and a couple guys that that were wrestlers and you know, I spar spar wrestling, spar boxing, and uh, so kind of went over stuff like that, but I've never actually gone to a jiu-jitsu gym and said, hey, um, learn jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a difference between, you know, like training and learning jiu-jitsu and, you know, what, what my interpretation is practicing jiu-jitsu techniques. You know, you can call it catch wrestling or grappling or whatever. But, uh, you know, we're all kind of drawn from the same well. You know, the human body is a human body, so... Yep. So back to this kind of line of questioning that I was I was getting at. It looks to me like you haven't lost a fight in in about two years. Now, uh, you know, just kind of looking over your record, at one point you had like four straight losses. You know, did you turn a corner? Did you turn a corner about two years ago with this Dylan Bishop fight? And you know, did something click, or, or did you step up your training, or what? My first, my first. Uh, I don't even know how many fights were. Kind of just, I want like I said, I wanted to do it and. I went out and did it, and I had never trained out of a gym. I didn't really train. And then uh, Gordon Griffith opened G3 Training Center, uh, boxing, Governor Boxing Club, and I knew Gordy and, and signed up and started training with Gordy and actually training, and that's when stuff kind of turned around. Mm-hmm. So is that is that the gym that you primarily train at, or do you like kind of travel a little bit? Um. No, like once in a while I'll go to, uh, I've gone to Bering Jiu-Jitsu and um, well, American Top Team now, but it used to be uh, Jiu-Jitsu Nation. I, I've gone up there and sparred just, just to have different guys to spar with. Never really cross-trained, just pretty much showed up to spar with different guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Jiu-Jitsu Nation, that was, was that owned by Mark Stevens? Yeah, I believe so, yep. So... Now, here's another question, just because, uh, you know, I've never been there. I've always wanted to get out and, and train more, like, out of my area. Uh, are they using the same location uh, as Jiu-Jitsu Nation? That, that, um... They're using, I think they're back using the original uh, building. They were they were at a different location for a little bit, and then I see they went back kind of the, the, where they started out, I believe, right there, down by, like, Tilted Hill on Arsenal Street. Yeah, n- not too familiar with that area, but you know, I've been through uh, you know, for like the uh the the fights there that that John Gibbons holds over over in that area. Yep. Yeah, I fought for John quite a few times and uh didn't you take a a fight short notice uh for that last show? Uh yeah, I, John knows that give me a 170 pounder and I really I really don't care. Win or lose, I'll get in there and uh do my best. And that that was against Gafar Adams. Yep, I I was supposed to fight Randy on that card, and he got sick, and and I said, you know, if you don't feel up, I messaged him, kind of wondering what was going on. I don't think he was. I know for a fact he wasn't trying to avoid a fight with me. I believed he was sincerely sick and and just wasn't feeling it. So I said, screw it. I'd already had people coming to watch the fights, and. Uh, I told John, I said, just find the 170-pounder, and, you know, if you can find one or even 180-pounder, you know, they're weighing in the day of, and they're 185 pounds. I'm not really worried about it. Yeah. 
I mean, everybody knows a 170-pounder weighs in Friday night. They're going to be 183, 185 the next day anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> it's a twist weight. I'm not really worried about six or seven pounds. And to me, I don't see where it makes that much. I mean, I can see a 35-pounder or 45-pounder fighting 185-pounder. That could be a difference. But within a couple weight classes, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah, see, you know, I, I just, ne- I've never thought that way, man. You know, coming from wrestling, you know, if somebody was like a quarter of a pound over or a pound, o- like a pound over was like a big freaking deal, uh, y- you know, like in high school or, or, or college, and, you know, we had to weigh in the day of uh, in, in college. So, yeah, you know, when, you when know, I hear when, people, when I hear people, yeah, in boxing, they have even more weight class. Some of them are even like four pounds apart. You know, to me, it's, it, it's still you know, to this day, it's an adjustment for people to be like, oh, yeah, 10, 10 or 10, 10 or 12 pounds. I don't care. I'm like, what? Come on, man. <laughs> you guys got to make weight. I fought Montoya Swilling in Watertown a couple of years ago, and big, tall, um, Muay Thai kickboxer guy, and uh, fought him for a 170-pound title, won, and then the following weekend, I fought Jeremiah Felton at 185, and I... I like Jeremiah, but I got I got to believe he cuts to make 185. Cause he's a he's a big dude, and uh, so I mean, week from week to week, going up 15, 20 pounds in opponents. You know, it didn't really bother me, but I know a lot of guys won't. Yeah, so the, uh, I wanted to ask you about Eddie Hawes. So you've you fought him before. You, you have a win over him. So he asked for this fight. Um, and like, do you know him pretty well? No, I don't. I don't really know him. But enough that that he just he's comfortable enough to like contact you and set it up that way. Yep. I think after I fought him the first time, he uh, got Facebook, whatever friends on Facebook, and and then he just kind of messaged me out there wondering if if I wanted to take, if I considered taking a pro fight with him. So as far as preparation, uh, like you know, if you don't want to give away too much, that's cool. But like, like how do you, how do you see the fight going? Uh, I, to be honest with you, I don't really prepare as far as, I don't prepare for opponents. I prepare to fight. I've had fights that I thought were, like, to be honest with you, my fight against Randy Lamb, I took that kind of quick notice and, and, uh, not really a guy you want to take short notice, but I took it short notice and I kind of figured if it ended up on the ground that I'd be walking away without my hand raised, but I kind of just prepared to fight and instead of preparing for opponents. Do you know much about Eddie's background? Like, I, I know having fought him once, you're probably, uh, f- you know, familiar with him a bit, but, like, d- does he have, uh, you know, boxing background or wrestling background or, or, or uh, jujitsu? Um, just from what he claims, I mean, I guess he trains at a jiu-jitsu gym, and he, uh, I know when I fought him the first time, they announced him as a stand-up fighter, and... The first thing he did the first time I fought him was lunge in for a takedown and or to clinch up or whatever he was trying, and then I caught him in a choke. And fighting out of the boxing gym, I know that a stand-up fighter doesn't shoot a takedown. Yeah, I'm just I'm in front of my computer at the moment. I'm looking him up. He had a fight at Coliseum in, what, April? So, yeah, that was his last fight. Uh and then before that, it looks like uh, his fight against you, where he where he lost. So he's that's actually going back to 2014, and then one fight recently. So yeah, it could be could be whatever. Yeah. 
And it also lists him as his affiliation was Taigan. And I believe that they are disbanded or they went through a transitional period. I'll, I'll say that because I don't really know all the details. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with Jim. So that one, November 5th, and then that that welterweight tournament. And the only reason I bring up the welterweight tournament is because I'm just so intrigued by it. That's the weekend after, which happens to be the night of UFC 205. Yep, yep. So what I wanted to do, and I, I wish I would have looked this up, but I wanted to kind of just go through the tournament and just, I don't know, see what you think about it. Let me, let me look it up real quick. I think it's uh, Brett Tran and Lamb, Rob Wagner, Jason LePage, and then some other guys I don't really... I believe Travis I believe Travis Simpson's in it. At seventy or fifty five? Uh I thought he was in it. Uh, I was thinking nope. Travis is caught in the fifty five. Oh he is? Alright. I'm just pulling up the uh the event page here, so I'm gonna let's see what we got. Last man standing. Oh yeah, Tim Ring. Who's that? Tim Ring. uh Tim Ring is in it. Tim is, uh, he's from Plattsburgh State. I know him a little bit uh, from, he, he went to the college, so I became familiar with him, like, through the Vermont Open Grappling Tournament, and I think I think he's 2-0, and and he's pretty good. So we got Brett Trahan, Rob Wagner, Randy Lamb, Dylan Bishop, Julian Galanfi, Jeremy May, and Tim Ring. This is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is LePage in it or no? This well, this was posted on the nineteenth, and it doesn't it doesn't list uh, LePage, but I did hear that originally that that he was in it. Yeah, it should be it should be a pretty good night of fights. Oh, so there's a fifty five there's a fifty five tournament the same night. I don't know if it's the same night or if it's another upcoming tournament. Yeah, I think it's the same night because it says one fifty five competitors. So Travis Simpson, Alex Robinson, Dustin Fernandez, Will Dupree. Guy Ruel, John Adams, Brandon Booker, Brett Forney, Mike Taylor. I know, I know Bert and uh, Travis, that's about it. I mean, obviously not fighting down in that weight class. I don't really know a lot of the guys down there, but. All right. So, uh, so say we got, um, say we have eight names for the welterweight and we'll we'll throw uh, LePage in there. Uh, Who do you see? I don't know. Who do you see in the finals? I I gotta go with Sheldon Cole's guys. I mean, I don't know all of them, but I, I've seen that fight, and he, he seems to be pretty good. And uh, but Sheldon's guys, LePage, Wagner, and Lamb. I mean, those are three pretty tough dudes to get by. Yeah. Any of those three in a fight with each other would be a pretty good fight to watch. They've all got good experience. I mean, it's not. Any of their first fights, I mean, their guys have been around. Yeah, I think it's, I think in the finals, just just on experience, it would be like Trahan and LePage, you know, uh, assuming they don't meet earlier. Yeah. But, but then, but then I'm like, well, you know, I I I can't remember the last they time. Could I go was... any any way with those guys. I mean, um, Wagner fought a uh, guy that I train with, Levi Love. Or Levi Tupper and uh, Levi's a tough kid, and Rob went three rounds with him and 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 won a decision. And I know he's tough and uh, good wrestler. And then 
Lamb, I know his stuff, and good wrestler, and, and LePage is jiu-jitsu, he's really good, and I mean, Tran, I've only seen fight once or twice, I think, but I mean, he seemed pretty well-rounded, and yeah, the the thing I was going to say was I, I can't remember the last time I've seen Trahan fight, and I think he's been scheduled a couple of times. So that's to me, that's almost like a question mark. You know, right now, j- just after what I read on Facebook, like Randy might be a question mark too. So I mean, you know, this could be anybody's tour. And and if uh, and if LePage is not on he not on this list on purpose, then yeah, this is a toss up. Yeah, and I mean. I know just as well as anybody, I mean, stuff comes up and, and just, especially at the amateur level, I mean, you're not getting paid. So, I mean, you get an extra day of work in every fight. Cost money to go to, cost money, lost time of work and lost time of family time and everything. I mean, there's a lot that goes into them. So, I mean, sometimes guys just have stuff come up and it isn't worth the sacrifice to do it. Yeah, man, you, you're you definitely right. You know, that's one thing that, you know, everybody likes to call out the person who doesn't show up. But, you know, when, when you know, real life steps in, you know, you got to make a decision. So it's, uh, it's actually, you know, pretty pretty cool and refreshing attitude to hear every once in a while, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've never, I had to pull out of two fights. and uh, But, I mean, you know, a guy with five fights pulling out of twos, kind of a big deal, but I figure in the three or four years I've been doing it, and between boxing and MMA, 60-some fights total, or 60-some bouts, I mean, I don't think two or three fights to pull out of is unreasonable. Or... You've had uh, how many boxing fights? Well, I went through two books. I don't remember how many fights are in a book, <laughs> I think. I didn't realize you competed all that much as a boxer. Yeah, in 2014, I competed 28 times between boxing and MMA. Wow. Damn, that's a busy year. There was a span of like three months that I had to fight every weekend. <laughs> that's crazy, man. That's like uh, that's like a wrestling season right there. You know, you could have, you know, 40 matches in a, you know, a three and a half month period. Yeah. So, man, I, I got to ask, you know, you, you're competing that much. Uh, you, you have, like, sponsors and stuff that, that help you uh, financially and uh, with your training costs and all that? Um, I do. I mean, as far as training goes, I take care of that. But, I mean, I've had sponsors for fights that I knew we are gonna we are going to travel and you're going to have a couple nights of hotel rooms and stuff like that and uh, local businesses and guys that I know and women that I know that own businesses that, that were more than help, happy to help out, but... A lot of it, a lot of it usually came down to to uh, Gordy. I mean, my coach Gordon Griffith, he he puts a lot of time and effort into it. He runs a construction company full time, and he's at the gym every night for practice with his, with his kids that compete. And uh, he loves the sport. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't make money at the gym. He does it because he loves it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I've been contacted about fighting the next day. And I took the fight at 11 o'clock at night and said, called Gordy as soon as I got off the phone and said, hey, you want to drive to Syracuse and get in a fight tomorrow? And he was right there. I mean, That's awesome. I mean, he really does love the sport. He's given up a lot personally and to, be, to do it. Yeah, man, I know. It's uh, If you, you commit to it, it's it's very time-consuming, but it's worth it if you love it, you know? 
you uh you follow UFC uh pretty close? Uh yeah. I mean I don't watch every fight but uh I don't watch every event but wintertime's kind of time I watch it. Work slows down a little bit, there's not as much to do and kinda of get break to watch it. You know, I, I always I, I try and watch the the pay per view as much as possible and the the other the other ones that are you know, on Fight Pass, I'll, I'll usually catch like the main event or something, and then, you know, if there's any if there's any highlights and stuff, they're usually always all over the internet. But you know that that two hundred five is uh, is shaping up to be a pretty good card. Yeah, I, I kind of think that McGregor might have his hands full. You know, I, I I say that every time he fights and every, every time he you know performs very well. I was well. a McGregor fan when he blew up, and then. Like as soon as as soon as they matched him with Diaz the first time, I said, "No, <laughs> it, I really didn't. I really didn't see him winning that fight, and he didn't. But then second fight, I really don't. I don't know. I could watch it twice and tell you he won it the first time, and then watch the same fight all over again and tell you he lost it. Yeah, you know, I I think he won that second fight. Yeah, yeah just on damage, but." What do you what do you think of the uh, the welterweight fight? It's uh, Woodley's got Thompson. That'll be a good fight. I'd like to say Woodley's going to win it, but I kind of have to go with Thompson on that. Well, you know, I think Thompson right now is just a puzzle that hasn't been solved, and you know he might just you know just slide in there. Even if Woodley fights, you know, uh, very intelligently, Woodley's probably got or uh, Thompson's probably got some tricks that he just hasn't had to use yet. Yep. Uh, how about yeah, I'm just going down the card here. I want to get your opinions. Chris Weidman and Yoel Romero. Gotta go with Weidman on that. New York boy. Yeah, I mean, I hope he wins. Yeah, he lives in, like, my, my parents' hometown right now. But he can't sleep on Romero. You just never know with him. No. He's Romero. Um, Brazilian fighter. Uh, Cuban. Cuban? Yeah. Oh, he's uh, got a uh, top team. Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. Uh, Cerrone Gastelum. Ah, uh, Cerrone. If Gastelum makes weight, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I might, I might lean towards Gastelum on that one, but I'll be, I'll be rooting for Cerrone. He's gonna be the bigger guy, but I think Cerrone's durable enough, and he yeah, definitely has the ring experience to be more comfortable. I think in there, I think ring ring experience plays a big factor in any fight. I mean, being comfortable and yeah, Gastelum pressures. And Cerrone uh, has folded under pressure, not and not folded, but you know his performance suffers. You know when he's under pressure. Yeah, he likes to be uh, the one pressure. Yeah, when he when he's when people are walking backwards, he's you know he finds the shots. You know he's got the range. He finds the shots. Uh, Misha Tate, Raquel Pennington. Uh, probably Misha Tate. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know too much about Pennington. Uh, Edgar and Stevens. Who's that? Uh, Frankie Edgar, Jeremy Stevens. Probably going with Frankie. Uh, I, I'm going with Frankie. I'll, I'm always in Frankie's corner. Yep. Uh, Khabib and Michael Johnson. I think this is going to be a good freaking fight. Yeah. Yeah, you think so? Yep. Uh, yeah, I disagree. I think Khabib. I don't see if Khabib gets a hold of him. I don't. I don't see how Johnson's got a way out. True. Yeah, I mean the the other fights are you know they're all good, but they're not like uh, you know. I mean every one of those fights is a main event. I, I wasn't really 
like 200. I wasn't really impressed with that card. I've never been a Lesnar fan. I mean, some of the pay-per-views lately I really haven't really cared for. Yeah, you know, they're definitely they're, they're a promotion company that just puts on fights. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like they're doing them a lot more often now, and, and when they do them, they, they're doing them so often that they, they can't have, they don't have enough great fighters or exciting fighters to watch to have a great um, main event for every pay-per-view. Well, I th- I think that they have the talent. They they just don't have the personalities for, you know, a really big main event because, you know, you, you put you put people in a main event and they'll perform. But, you know, they, they might not perform on the mic, but, you know, they'll, they'll perform in the cage. Yep. So, um, a- a- anything else? Uh, you... Uh, you you want to plug any sponsors or or uh, tell tell anyone how to get tickets or anything? Yeah, um, I've got tickets and I've kind of been doing that through Facebook and stuff. And I think we got it's probably a five hour drive down to Rutland from my area, but uh, I've got I know ten or ten or fifteen twenty people going down and uh, to watch them. So speaking of fights and, and how much are those cage side tickets? Uh, I believe they're forty dollars. All right, so just hit you up on Facebook. You, you got any sponsors for for this fight? Yeah, I've got quite a few. I mean, G3 Training Center, Team Blevins, Dodge Dealership, Paragon mm-hmm. Trucking, JM Forestry, and CNH Construction. I've got probably 15 of them. I mean, I've got shirts and a banner made up and stuff. But uh, well, send me a picture. I'll put I'll I'll link everything in the, in the show notes. All right, appreciate it. Yeah, man. I want, you know, fighters to get as much out of this this little platform as, as possible, you know. That way, your next pro fight, if you're fighting in, you know, Boston or something, then, you know, they, they've got an interview on tap, you know. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You got anything else? No, I, I don't. I mean, if you got any more questions, I mean. No, I think I'm good. No, man, I appreciate your time, you know, just going about 45 minutes here, you know. Uh, I wish you luck in your fight, and I hope you're you know your your last week of training goes according to plan and uh i'll i'll be there for this fight i'm 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 looking forward to it looking forward to get out to rutland and watching these fights awesome yeah i appreciate it yeah man thank you very much and i will see you next week yep see you next week man have a good one all right bye All right, so that was Albert Tully at a governor New York G3 Training Center. He's making his professional welterweight debut this Saturday, November 5th, Extreme Combat Promotions, Rutland, Vermont. And he'll be taking on Eddie Hawes in their professional debut. So if anybody's uh, looking to go, you know, hit up Albert Tully for, for tickets. I'll have a link to his Facebook in, in the show notes. And, you know, check out the that list of sponsors because helping them helps the fighters, you know, so you get what you want and they're they're encouraged to sponsor more athletes. So I want to thank Albert going through, you know, those cards and give me opinions on on that tournament coming up. You know, he's been in there with a with a couple of those guys. So, you know, his opinion matters on a tournament like that. Also, I want to give a shout out to David Weintraub and his new book, Nutrition and Weight Manipulation for Combat Athletes. Now, this is a book that he wrote on his experiences cutting weight, and it's got like the the water loading, the sodium loading, and then uh, your dehydration process. So I'm going to put a link to this book in the show notes. The book is $12. It's an easy read. I'm still making my way through it. It's 32 pages, and everybody should know this stuff. 
So I'm going to go through the calendar here. Oh, man. So October 29th, we have Fight Quest in Kanawha, Quebec, Canada. That's just less than an It's just south of Montreal and obviously above uh, Plattsburgh, New York. Uh, same day, we also have the Vermont Open Grappling Championships at Winooski High School. Then on November 5th, we have Extreme Combat. Extreme Combat, Rutland. Albert will be fighting against Eddie Hawes, making their pro debut. Then the next day, Sunday, November 6th, we have the Eddie Bravo Invitational 9. I believe that's a featherweight or a lightweight tournament. Uh, so, I mean, it's just heel hook central. Then November 12th, we have UFC 205, Madison Square Garden. Same day, we have Extreme Combat, Lindenville. That is uh, No Way Out. That is the lightweight and welterweight tournaments. I believe they're slated for eight-man brackets. Uh, same day, there's Revolution Amateur Fighting Championships. That one's going to be in Rutland. And I believe that they have a heavyweight tournament or maybe a light heavyweight tournament. But, you know, Dominic is doing his thing promoting that. Then getting into December, I'll be well into wrestling season at this point. We have UFC in Albany, December 9th. That's going to be a fight pass card. I believe it is headlined by Derek Lewis. Calls himself the Black Beast, and he is a freaking beast. Uh, very heavy-handed fighter, exciting fighter. Uh, his opponent, mm, I haven't heard of him. Now, if you're interested in getting some local people on this card, like Matt Secor, who you can listen to in episode two of this podcast, I interviewed him just about a year ago, a year ago this time. And, you know, it's an hour-long episode. You know, he was on uh, The Ultimate Fighter, I believe, season 16. Send out a tweet to Dana White, Sean Shelby, and tag Secor Matthew to, and tell them that, that you want Secor on this card, Albany, December 9th. And thank you for doing that because we got to support these local MMA fighters in New York. First card up here in our area, and we got to get our guy on there. All right, rounding out the end of the year, Extreme Combat Burlington, December 17th. We're going to have a couple of professional fights there. Just about everybody noteworthy wants to get on this December 17th card. Unfortunately, I won't be able to attend that one. I'm going to be in Watertown for a wrestling tournament. But, you know, I'm going to be on Facebook and Twitter and everything trying to find out those results. So I need you guys to go there and keep me updated. All right. And speaking of wrestling season, I've got a nice little project here. In addition to competing for our conference championship again, our Section 7 championship, I'm going to have a little side project this year going to be putting together a little documentary about one of our wrestlers her name is jordan daniels and she might be new york's first female wrestler to achieve 100 varsity wins so if you guys are familiar with flow wrestling and i've mentioned it on the podcast a couple of times check out flow wrestling they have lots of awesome content on there in addition to every match you could ever want to watch they've got doc- documentaries and they're absolutely amazing you got the terry brands you got Kerry McCoy. You got Kerry Colott, which is which is an awesome story. They got a Mark Schultz documentary on there. Uh, Kyle Dake, Edinburgh, the program, Iowa, the program, Aaron Pico, that series. And Pico is going to be making his debut in Bellator, and he is phenomenal. I mean, just so, so much. So, I mean, if you've got some spare time and, you know, $15, $20, get a one-month subscription to flow wrestling and just check out their content i mean the documentaries alone are so worth it so that's going to do it for me i want to invite you to 
check out my newish website, PCSMMA.com. Also follow me on all the social media, PCSMMA on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm still loading all of these podcasts onto YouTube, PCSMMA, uh, SoundCloud, and iTunes, okay? Hit the subscribe and follow. Leave a, leave a rating on iTunes. If, you're, if you've got an iPhone, open up your podcast app and search in PCSMMA and hit the subscribe button and rate it. Very easy to do. only takes about a minute. And I appreciate that people are, are listening. That last show I went to in St. Albans where Connor McKenna won his championship, you know, I had quite a few people come and tell me, hey, you know, I listen to every episode. So, guys, thank you. Keep throwing some feedback my way. I really appreciate it. Tell your friends and training partners about it. So thank you very much. And until next time, I will see you in Rutland. Ciao, Latori. January 21st, the bad boy versus the bad guy. It's been 20 years in the waiting for the rematch. Tito's car just got repossessed a week ago. Tito has a Rolls Royce. Now, in fairness, that's a beautiful car. I wouldn't own one because I'm not that big of a prick, but it just got repossessed. Unfortunately, he couldn't get this match before. I heard that he tried to sell some suits to make do on the car, but nobody had a size 52 stupid. (laughs) Tito, all I can ask is what your rebuttal is to that, man. Uh, go ahead and check my Instagram at, at Tito Ortiz1999, and that'll answer that fool's complete gas. All I hear is gas coming out of his ass, and it's not his butt.